it just means one thing, that there is more work to be done. Praise the Lord. And I want you to know that we are in a season of change. We are in a season of change. But during the opening prayer, when my wife came up and began to share those things, spot on. I felt like coming to take over and just say some the, the similar things. The same thing she said, but I was just praying upstairs in the office and she walked up to me and said, Pastor, can I take permission? I want to share some things. I said, yeah, in the spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Before I look at our sermon, let me read a verse of the Bible to you that it's more or less a wake-up call for all of us. Hebrews 5 is a popular verse here. Hebrews 5 from verse 12. He said, in Hebrews 5 verse 12, he says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again that which be the first principles of the oracles of God. At this time, you ought to be a teacher. It, it's a word of rebuke. At this time, new breed, you ought to be more. There are some things we should have grown above or grown into. Are you with me? You know, I noticed something about the Lord. The Lord is very intentional about what he does. So at some point in a person's life, God can be all about getting that person's attention, getting that person's attention, getting that person's attention. And when the person does not seem to respond or is not responding, at a point, the Lord will just give him space and come later. <laughs> a good example of such we see in the Bible is Israel. Israel. In Egypt, I've shared that testimony here, like, or that story here, how many times? Only God knows. So, God told them you will spend 400 years in the land of Egypt. And when they had spent 390 years, God began to move Moses to reach out to them and rescue them. But how did they respond? They, they said, who made you a judge over us? They pushed away Moses and Moses ran away. Guess when the Lord came back? 40 years later. Moses was in the wilderness and God appeared to him in the burning bush. As at this time, they had spent 430 years. Are you with me? 
So, one, one thing you must learn in your life, when the Spirit of the Lord is putting an emphasis upon you about something, respond that time. Are you with me? Respond that time. And so, this particular teaching I want to do today, I obviously cannot finish. But I'm doing it because I feel like we have not yet hit the reason for this, this teaching series on the Holy Spirit. 2023, God ushered us into this new year and he called it the year of the rain. Amen. Amen. Now, he also said that this year is not like any year we've seen before. So the, the, the most important thing is, how do we navigate this year? The key to be able to navigate the twists and turns of this year is to have an intimate work with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Because of the things the Lord will want to do with us, both as a ministry and us individually, it will require us to have something deeper with God. So the, 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 the two major um, pillars of this moon series is to teach us how to deepen our relationship with God. Are you with me? How to deepen our relationship with the Spirit of God. Many people don't know the Spirit. I'm telling you, even us as ministers, there are still things about the Holy Ghost we are learning. See, when you get born again, there is what is called the legal work of salvation and the vital work of salvation. The legal work of salvation is what God has done. Are you with me? So, the legality is something like this. Man sinned. Man deserved to die. But Christ came and took our debt, right? And we have blessings because of what he has done. But after, after Christ has done all he has done, what is the next thing? How do you live the Christian life? So somebody can say, I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins. I know he's my savior, but how do I really serve him? After Christ has finished his work, there is something called, many of you have heard it before, there's something called the finished work of Christ, right? Have you heard that statement before? The finished works of Christ, right? So for instance, in the finished works of Christ, he calls you righteous. Because of what Christ has done, we are already righteous. Are you with me? He calls us, he calls us perfect. Our sins have been paid for. But you will still see that somebody will say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died for my sins. I am born again. But there are still some issues in his life. There is some people who have not heard about is the unfinished work of the Spirit. Did you hear what I said? The unfinished work of the Spirit. So, in the Spirit realm, when you get born again, you are saved. You are perfected. But how will the perfection that God has made you already inside come outside? How will you live in the reality of what God has done? For instance, he said he was one of our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we have been healed. So according to what Christ has done, every Christian is healed. Are you with me? No believer is sick. But you will still see people. They believe in Jesus Christ and they are sick. They have to learn how to partner with the Holy Spirit to see that what God has done legally becomes their vital experience. Are you with me? Are you with me? For instance, if you have an issue with somebody, maybe over a land dispute and all this kind of thing, maybe you have a land dispute and you go to court, and by the time you go to court, the court declares you the winner. The land belongs to you. That is what has happened in court. 
The court may tell you, take the papers. You are the owner right now. You may get to the land and see boys from the other man. <laughs> Who is what I'm saying? You will need some extra force to enforce your victory in court. Are you with me? You will need something else to enforce that thing that was done in the court. That victory you got in the court in the same way. Christ has finished everything that we will ever need, but he gave up the spirits to enforce what he has done. Are you with me? So, if you know about what Christ has done and you don't understand the ministry of the spirit in your life, it will be as though you never experienced what Christ has done. Are you with me? That's the urgency. That is why we have to teach more about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, last week, when Pastor Faith was talking about how do you get yourself in sync with the Spirit, she mentioned three things. And I will take it up from there. She said, a devotion, the word of God, a devotion to prayer and worship. I'll come back to them, but let me just list them now. The word of God, a devotion to prayer and worship, sensitivity and observation. Ah, you see this one. It's training. This is why as important as or as great as online services is, that's not the Bible way. There are some things you will never know until you have experiential knowledge of God. There are some things, let me put it like this. There are some things that are not easily taught, but they can be easily caught. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? For instance, this is why I was trying to teach on Sunday or two Sundays ago about praying in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, See, you have not begun your journey in the realm of the Spirit. How do we really know how God speaks? Or how do we really discern the voice of God? We discern the voice of God not basically by his speakings. Let me do something. Let me, let me explain something. I saw this illustration somewhere. I, I hope it will communicate the point. Promise and already come out. Let me show you something. So, stand like this. You stand here, face me. You stand here, face me. Now, I'm not going to say anything. Hmm? I'm going to demonstrate and you will do what I demonstrated and later tell me what I told you to do in words, right? Somebody come and hold the mic for me. the mic for me. Boss. Let me start again. When I did like this, what did I say you should do? 
You said I should come. What did I say you should do? What did I say? What did I say to you? You said I should come, like you were calling me. Pause. You said what? You said I should come. This one said I told him to come. You said I should move forward. This one said I should move forward. The same demonstrations, different wordings. Are you following me? Are you seeing what I'm saying? When you came like this and I did, what did I say to you? You said I should stop. You said I should stop. Okay. When I said go like this, what did I say to you? You said we should separate. It should be space. You should give us Once I did the same thing. One said we should separate. One said there should be space. Who is getting what I'm saying? God will give two people the same impressions. They will hear different words. Did you get what I just said? Go back to your seats. The speaking of God is by impressions. Oh God. Oh God. Did you get what I just said? If you don't know how to pay attention to the movement of God in your spirit, you will not know what God is saying. So, see, this is why you must pray in tongues because in praying in tongues, you will be able to pay attention. It will sharpen your mind. It will sharpen your spirit, man, to pay attention to this movement. What is this thing? Sometimes you can be praying in tongues and God is saying, take a song and worship. Sometimes they are singing a song, but the movement on your inside, the impression is saying, we need another song. Are you with me? So, if you don't know how to pay attention, when will your journey start? Are you following me? What are you? Does it make sense? This year, I, I want, that's why I call it in mastery. You need to get to a point in your journey where you know this thing. Where you are trained to walk with God. Hallelujah. 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 So by sensitivity and observation. You have exalted. In Jesus name we have worshipped. And prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. I actually wanted to demonstrate something to us, and it went the way it went. I actually want to demonstrate how you condition your spirit to become noiseless so that you can pick the accurate signals from the Spirit of God. So, when you worship the way we just did, what will happen to you is that a certain unexplainable kind of peace comes upon your spirit. Who is experiencing what I'm talking about? There's a peace that comes. So, it is when your spirit man has become acquainted with that peace, it can easily now begin to descend the movement of God. Are you with me? 
So, when you are used to worshiping like this and receiving this type of peace, which passes all understanding, anything that will begin to trouble that peace, it will be easy to discern that this is not God or this is God. Sometimes the peace can become heightened with joy. Are you with me? So, added to the peace, you can receive something else called unexplainable joy. So, when you begin to sense that peace and joy in your spirit that you cannot explain, you know that something good is coming. God is up to something and in your rejoicing, you will receive it. Shall glory! Sometimes your mind See, sometimes you can be, your mind can be overwhelmed by the challenges you are facing. You look around you and you're like, oh God, what is this? When you are in that state, what you need to do is to take out a time like this so that you can soak in the peace of the Spirit and gradually direction will begin to come in the name of Jesus. We're out of time. But I've said that one. I'll say the last one and then we'll close because of our time is past spent. So I've emphasized prayer and worship, sensitivity and observation, the word of God. The final one for today on how to become synced into the spirit or how to gain mastery. Actually, there is more. I have a teaching that we did in 2020, the practice of the spirit, which I actually intended to do, but... Um, God is experiencing God the way we just did is more important than our own plans being executed. Are you with me? Are you with me? But I need to talk about this. One other major thing that people neglect to activate and sustain a robust work with the Holy Spirit in their lives is they lack a commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, there is a movement that used to reign those days when God's servants like Benny Hinn and Co. began to talk about the Holy Spirit. So, you will see people say things like, the Holy Spirit, I ask the Holy Spirit what, what clothes to wear. I wear things like that. I ask the Holy Spirit what dress I should wear, what food I should eat. As important and as great as that can be, that was not really the main reason the Holy Ghost was sent to you. Are you following me? Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will reveal me to the world. The central job of the Spirit, before any other thing else, is to reveal Christ to the world. Anybody that makes up his mind that I would also take up the responsibility of revealing Christ to my world, the Holy Spirit will make that person priority. Are you with me? So, when you embrace the responsibility or the kingdom burden of revealing Christ to your world, the Holy Ghost becomes particular about the things that concern your life. Are you with me? So, one of the ways that have not really been emphasized on how to activate, sustain a rich, robust relationship and experience with the Spirit of God is a burden for the kingdom. A responsibility for the spread of the gospel. Say amen. amen. I'm, I'm going to show you a classic example on how when a man makes up his mind to make the gospel of Christ his priority, the Holy Ghost begins to move him. 
Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. From verse 25. So after me, I'm blessed. Can I tell you something? I want to say this prophetically. By the time this year is over, our services will be too jam-packed. There will be no space anywhere, both inside and outside. Men will come from everywhere to receive supernatural healing from us. Their lives will be changed. Lumps and diseases will die in the name of Jesus. They will see their businesses come under a new wave of glory. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter 8, verse 25 says, And they, when they have testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Join me, read from verse 26 downwards. Everybody, one, two, three, go. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Are you with me? Everybody read on verse 27. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and you know, of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the child of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Verse 28. Was the turning and sitting in his chariot? Read, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself unto this chariot. Verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. Verse, continue. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his sharer, so opened he not his mouth. Verse 33. In his humiliation, he was taken away, and who shall declare the religion? For his life is taken from the earth. Verse. I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at that scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Right? <laughs> Verse 36. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth thou hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went both down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit caught away Philip. I want us to read that verse 39 again. One, two, three, go. And when they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went away rejoicing. Verse 40. But Philip was found at Azotus, passing through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. The story here was about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Many years ago, I was in a meeting and they talked about something they called teleporting. 
where the Holy Spirit will carry a person from one place and make him appear somewhere else. And we jokingly said, it is the Philip Airlines. <laughs> Are you with me? This is not a fairy tale. It happened. I don't want to talk about my own personal experiences so, so that you don't. But it happened and it's still happening. Where God moved Philip supernaturally. And they were saying that if you want the Holy Spirit to move you like this, you close your eye. And be doing like this. Mm, mm. Well, I read the Bible and I found out that it's not really true. The way to get involved with the Spirit or to get the Holy Spirit involved in your life so much so that He can do this to you is that you must be kingdom and gospel conscious. What was happening here? There was an Ethiopian eunuch who was in charge of all the money that belonged to the queen of Ethiopia. Are you with me? He was an accountant. A great man. He had money, but he wanted to know God. And he came to Jerusalem to know God. But in Jerusalem, it seemed like he did not get what he was looking for. So on going back, he opened the Bible and began to read the Bible. And he got to Isaiah 53, which he was actually reading. And God saw an opportunity to preach to him, but God was looking for who to use. Are you with me? God was looking for who is the closest person I can bring to this man to get him to see that this scripture he's reading is actually about Christ. And Philip was close by. And the Bible says in verse 26 that Philip had just finished preaching in Samaria and the Spirit said unto him, Go down to Gaza, which is desert. How many of you were inside a bus one day and the Holy Spirit said, Preach? Then you said, I will talk later. Imagine Philip said, I will, I will go later. That man would have passed with his, inside his chariot and left. And Philip would have gone and met nobody. And said, hey, but God said I should go. God knew Philip that if he told him preach, he would go immediately. Are you with me? So, the spirit said to Philip, go down. And he went. And he saw this guy in the Ethiopian eunuch. And the spirit came again and said to him, actually the Bible says an angel said unto him, Join this chariot. And he went and joined the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch. Do you know that? After there, the Holy Spirit did not say anything again to Philip. Oh God. Did you read the story? Immediately Philip entered that chariot and saw it's like a taxi. Are you with me? Immediately Philip entered the chariot and heard the man read the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And the man began to ask Philip, who speaketh this man? Is this talking about himself or some other man? The Holy Spirit did not need to come and tell Philip, oh, you start preaching to him, Christ. Philip already knew that if God brought me here, I must preach. Are you with me? If God brought me here, I must preach. There are many of you, God has brought so many opportunities around you for you to reveal the gospel of Christ, but you ignored it and you say the Holy Ghost is not mighty in my life. After Philip did this thing, 
Philip was not trying to teleport. The Holy Spirit moved him. When you release yourself to the gospel and say, I will spend my life for souls to hear this gospel and be saved, the Holy Ghost will begin to increase his manifestations around you. Did you hear what I just said? Because the work of the Spirit is to reveal Jesus. That's his central assignment. Praise the Lord. So, do you want to see an increased work of the Holy Ghost in your life? Let me tell you, eh? Some of us have gotten to the stage where I don't, there's something I cannot really say. Because some of you may not understand. I don't, nothing material bothers me. Let me put it like that. Nothing material. I mean, I talk about material, money, clothes, food. My focus is Christ. Christ. <laughs> I'm not saying that there were no tough days or, or there are not tough days. There are many tough days. But I discovered. I discovered in my journey. You know, the one that shocked me. There are sometimes I'm even thinking about something. There was, I told about the story. When my, my wife was about to give birth. And I was asking, where am I going to? God, you see the way I am. Where will I get money to buy the first set of clothes that the baby will use? I, I just thought about it in the morning. In the morning, I was thinking about it. I thought about it and left. and went to go and do something else. I said, well... I will not allow that one to stop me. I will get back to the work of the Lord. I will get back to winning souls. By evening, a woman came to the compound, told me that he's Pastor David around. They said, hey, what's the matter? I said, I want to see him. He said, in the night, God came to her and said, you see all those baby clothes you bought that time that you, you say you are saving? My son needs it. Pack everything. It was like film. Maybe you are limiting yourself by not being passionate about the gospel. You know something? People are so self-centered. My money, my clothes, my career, my business, my future. Do you think you love yourself more than God? My marriage, my spouse, when will I get married? When will I this? Oh, when will I get a good job? When will my career go? My this? When will I relocate? Do you think you care about your life more than God? See, when you make his, his business your priority, he will make your business his priority. Let me tell you something. God can set you up for greatness. And this year, that will be your experience. This year, that will be your experience. He will set you up for greatness. So after me, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit of God, I am ready to follow you. To make Jesus my priority. To make the spread of the gospel my priority. Let me tell you. Many of you have had some such experiences before. Somebody told me, see David, I noticed something that if I, if, if I think about giving, like Lord, I want to give, I want to give, I want to give for a long time. After a while, I'll have the money to give. He said that the one that shocked him they, they were calling offering on a Sunday and he pledged 10,000. He did not have the money. But deep in his mind, he did not come out to, but while he was sitting down in the crowd, he said, God, if you just, just I want to give 10,000 error. The next day, one thing led to another, he got the 10,000, gave it, and after a while, something increased again. Because God knows. He sees our hearts. He knows that if I make this person like this, my kingdom will be blessed for it. 
So what will he do? It will not happen immediately, but it will happen assuredly. Assuredly, it must happen. He will mark you and say, okay, this one, this one has a heart. Look at David. David was in the bush. He was in the bush taking care of sheep. And God was talking to Samuel somewhere. He said, I have found a man. He will do all my pleasure. So the earlier you nurture a, a dream, a, a passion for God, that Lord, God, I want to see souls saved. I want to see them come and be established. The earlier you do it. You will not even hear anybody saying, let's come for evangelism like we are going to come on Saturday. On your own, you will just go around your area. You will start thinking, how can I get at least 10 people? How can I, how can I get them? Gradually, God will begin to increase you. Because this is a worthy place to invest. Are you, are you following me? So after me, Heavenly Father, I am ready. This year, I am ready. Say it after me with a stronger voice. Heavenly Father, I am ready. This year, for your kingdom, more souls shall be saved through me. Holy Spirit, take over my life. Take over my business. Take over my heart. Take over my mind. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you. Check. There are some things I cannot see. There's what is called greater lights. <laughs> I want to give you an assignment if you think I'm joking. Check the entire book of Acts. There was no one deliverance service held for a Christian. This one is heavy. One way we have not preached deliverance, eh? or one of the ways the Bible teaches Christians to break out of demonic manipulations is to give themselves to the work of evangelism. Oh God, can I explain this? It's a deep revelation. If you feel you are under a curse or there is a curse in your family that is manipulating you, forget about the curse. Go and be doing it. Make up your mind that I will be living for souls. You see, you will literally see how that thing will break. You will see it. So let me give, let me give you the revelation. In Ephesians 6, the Bible says, when it describes the whole armor of God, he calls the shoes, shoes with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Right? Right? Okay. And also, in the book of Luke chapter 10, he said, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over every work of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How do you tread upon serpents and scorpions? With your feet. Right? God told Adam and Eve, he says, the serpent shall bruise your heel, but you shall, but you shall bruise his head. How will you do it? With your feet, right? So anytime you are going and preaching the gospel of peace, you are treading on serpents and scorpions. Oh. I can't tell you. They told me. See, in your family, there's a certain age they don't need to live until that there is death there. I said, me. Come and kill me now. We are unkillable. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Jump on your feet.